everybody, and welcome to episode three of Cultured Kids. Kids. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, today we are going to talk about a video topic games. that <laughs> there it is. We are going to talk about video games. <laughs> we are very excited about that. Taylor is literally bouncing in her seat about it. Um, but before we get to new business. We got to double back to old business, right? So, do you remember what the question was at the end of episode two, Taylor? What book character is like you? That's right. What book character is like you? And you guys both had some quick answers, but you've thought about it a little more. Go ahead, Taylor. What's your What's your new second answer to that question? Well, mine would be Eva from Owl Diaries. Um, she's very kind and creative. Or um, a unicorn from the book Unicorn Diaries. And why do you identify with the unicorns in Unicorn Diaries? Well, they're also kind of creative, and they're just really sweet, and they care about each other a lot. Plus this big horn that you have sticking out of your forehead. Well, I would. The kids listening can't see it, but it's huge. No, it's not. And it's swirled like it. one of those unicorn candy sticks. I don't sticks. have that, guys. No? no? Oh, yes, she does. No, I don't. She I will tonight. Her. Unless it's an ice cream cone. I will super glue a horn onto her head. No. There you go. Then you'll be horn. just like her. No. Okay. Perfect identification. You'd have to spray it gold. It's a good offer. No, rose gold. All right. Mackenzie, what's your character <laughs> from a book? I identify by... Ben Cameron from The Absence of Sparrows by Kurt Kurtmeyer. Why do you identify with Ben? Um, because he is willing to try things, but kind of like me, he does tend to fret and overthink things, even though he's already committed to doing something. All right. Both very good answers. So um, I'm wondering if at school, have your teachers talked about at all what we call it when you identify with a character or something in a book? Do they use any phrases for that? Personality. Personality? Hell, that's one, too. I was thinking of text-to-self comparisons. You ever heard that phrase? Never. Text-to-self, text-to-text, text-to-world. So whenever we we listen to pop culture, whether you use those phrases or not doesn't matter so much as the fact that pop culture is about relating to things, right? And how we relate and see ourselves and our experiences in the world of art. All right. So on to new business then, right? All right, so like we said, our topic for today is going to be video games. And just like our last two topics, I think video games could actually be a lot of episodes eventually. But we just want to start today with a general conversation about games and and what we think about them and why they fit pop culture. So we're going to start with a simple question, which is, uh, what is a favorite video game that you have? And I'm actually going to go first for this one because uh, Mackenzie and Taylor's mom and dad both have a game that they've been playing a lot lately that's driving Mackenzie and Taylor crazy. We love playing Pokemon Go. We go out for walks, check it at Pokestops, fight at all the battle stations. It is a ton of fun. It is a fun game. You two are just so obsessed. We're so obsessed. I I evolved Pikachu into Raichu today, and it was amazing. But anyway, that's my favorite right now. It's entertaining for me, but this podcast is about you guys. So, Taylor, what's what's a favorite video game or two of yours? I have two. My first one is a PS4 game. It's called Spyro Reignited Trilogy. What do you like about it? I like that you can choose which game you play first, and like you can choose what like hardness it is. And the difficulty, level, yeah. Yeah, and there are three games in it. Each one gets harder and harder. Okay. And each one is in different worlds. And then my second one is a Nintendo Switch game. It's called New Super Lucky's Tale. 
it's very playful and cartoony and it gets harder like really fast but there's a lot of funny characters and funny things you can do in it so that's what i was going to say it seems like you picked two games where there's a very cute clever cartoony main character yeah and even the bad guys are kind of fun and playful yeah. yep i agree those are good choices i like watching you play those all right mackenzie game okay so i like on the ps4 it's a spider-man game it is just called <laughs> spider-man created by now and what i like about it is there's a ton of good movement and character design i especially like that you can as you level up and you get more tokens instead of coins you can buy new suits and there's like i don't know i haven't seen half of them before right and they're just really there's like electric and they all come with different superpowers and it's really cool and you said you like the, the way the game is set up too right what were you saying about that like the way the world is set up, what can you do in the game? Yeah, it's very good movement. So you know the Spider-Man can swing around on webs, probably. And basically, you can do that, and they did the movement where really, they did the movement really well, where you actually feel like you're swinging, and the buildings move with you, and you go up and down, and you get the full experience. Right. It's as close as Spider-Man as I'm gonna get. <laughs> Same for most of us. Most of us. Most. Yes. Most? I don't... You never know. I don't really play it that much. I don't know why. It's spring. The spiders are out if one of them's radioactive. Oh, God. You never know. I don't like spiders. All right. So everybody has their favorite games, and, and each of our games are a little different, even though they have a lot of things in common. So um, even though I have a game that I like a lot right now with Pokemon Go and some other ones, too, you guys know I play a lot of video games. Yeah. Um, the games that I'm into now and that you guys play, they're very different than the games that were out when I was a kid, which I know you guys have, have played some of those as well. In fact, we have one in the other room, uh, like Pac-Man is one of the oldest video games around, and you guys have played that. So here's here's our starting question to start to figure out what, what video games are really about as pop culture. Can you guys think about ways that video games are different now in 2020 when they than they were a long, long time ago when they first came out, which was now probably a little more than 40 years ago? One thing I think is that back then there were like games that were really pixely and now they're just straight pictures that you can see very clearly and it's just much better to see with and so you can visualize that you're actually in that world. Yep, and you're using good language there. Pixels are the building blocks of an image on a screen, right? When something looks like really boxy, a bunch of different squares, that's called pixelated. So, so you're right, older games were pixely. Characters were very square. Like if you if you have access to the internet at your house, you could look up pictures of old like uh, Mario from the Mario Brothers or Pac-Man, and they look very boxy. Those are called pixels. It's the building block of a game. Kind of like right, and then the yeah, Minecraft uses Legos. pixels on purpose. Kind of like virtual Legos. That's a that's a brilliant description of it, right? They used building blocks like Legos to build what looked like a character, and as graphics got better, now they can make games that, like you said, look very very realistic and action packed and cute characters. Wouldn't and it just like be that. pickles? Pickles. <laughs> well, I mean, unless the main character get, is a pickle, then the no. The pixels are getting smaller and more refined. I think that's I think that's the way to think about it. Yes. Because like. You zoom in on a picture and it eventually gets pixels. Right. The definition of an image and how many pixels we can fit into the frame has gotten bigger. That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, Kenzie, can you think of other ways, though, that games um, are different now than that? 
Well, more games are getting portable, like the Nintendo. You can take right. it wherever you please. That's right. And you were actually telling me a story a while ago about how you couldn't stop and pause it, and if you were vanquished, you were out. You had to start That's over. Right. That's you right. had to play it for two or three hours yep. to get through. That's right. A That's good game of Pac-Man, if you were really good back TV. then, you had to sit and play for three hours straight, and you couldn't stop or pause the game. Go ahead, One of my favorite things about watching Taylor play, like Super Lucky's Tale, has to go back to the next level. She gets so playful, frustrated that she's defeating the same guys over and over. Okay, so games have changed a lot over the years, and you guys nailed a lot of the ways that they've gotten different. The graphics have gotten better. They've become more complex they've become portable you can save your progress they've, they've basically got become a lot more complicated and sophisticated meaning that they are more complicated and advanced and have a lot more going on inside of them. they're more fancy maybe that's a better word for it which are all really fun cool things but that's only a part of what we want to talk about today what i thought it would be cool to talk about uh is a little bit about when we play a game we kind of just take it for granted because you just you turn it on and you go and you start playing but to create a video game, especially the kind that we're all talking about that are so complicated, there's a lot of stuff that goes into them. So here's our first question, maybe kind of explore the idea of video games and what goes into a video game is um, when you think of all the stuff that's inside of a video game, how do you think all that stuff gets made? Um, maybe like they have to think up their ideas for that game and then they have to start designing pictures and those characters. Yep. Those are all things that have to happen in the video game. So you said a whole bunch of different stuff there. They have to start a story in a lot of cases. So they have to, somebody has to write a story. Someone has to create a character or think of a character. And then what, the other one you said was pictures. Design the character. They have to design them right. So what, what sorts of people do you think are doing that kind of work? There's, there's names for those people, and we've talked about some of them before, right? Um, coders. Who writes a story? Um, Authors. Right? Video games have authors. If it has a story, then there's an author behind that video game who writes that story. Oh, um, in one of my games, there's always, an, in a couple of my games, there's always an intro. Like, it gives you the whole story so you can understand yeah, the game better. Right? So there, there are writers who, who create those. They write the dialogue. They write the storyline and the plot of what's going to happen. Uh, and then what you said, in order to have characters, somebody has to draw those characters. So before it ever gets made into a video game, a bunch of artists sit around and they... They draw pictures of what the characters are going to look like. What else is visualized in a video game? What else do you see besides the characters? It has um, to be coded. It has to be coded. Yep, we'll get to that. Um, um, do the characters just run around in empty spaces? No, there's always a world that you can be in. Right, there's a world. And usually video game worlds are really like colorful and unique and unusual and different than our world. But even if they do look like our world... Somebody has to design every scene and every setting and every level in a game. So that's more artists doing more design work. Every single little detail. Right, every single little detail. And then a coder does their work, which we will talk about in a second. But I just want to make that point. If you're a person who's interested in writing or drawing, there's actually work for you in the world of video games. That could be what you grow up and do. You could write books and you could do painting, but you could also get into what's called concept art which is drawing and creating the visuals that go into things like video games and movies. Or you could become an author who writes the stories for things like video games. That's all work that people do to create every game that you've ever played before. Yeah, so there's all these artists who create the world of the game and the characters of the game and the story of the game. And that all takes 
all this work in what's called concept art and design and plot writing and dialogue writing before anybody even goes to turn it into something electronic. But then Mackenzie has said the word twice there. The work that comes after that, right, is basically writing code for the game, which is what makes the game actually work. Because whatever type of video game you're playing, if it is a video game, it's basically running inside of some kind of computer, whether you have a Nintendo of some kind, or you're playing it on your phone or an iPad, like it doesn't matter what it is or what system it is, it's basically a computer, which means it's being designed by code. Mackenzie, do you want to talk a little bit about how that sort of works? How it works? Well, what is coding? What is well, happening when you're coding? Code, you have to write lines of code, just like writing a book. Yeah. And code basically, it makes the game the way it is. It makes sure that the characters do what they need to, that the backgrounds look how they should look. And I don't know that you need that you have the powers that you need to to get through the game. Right. Because if something's uneven, then you're never going to be able to beat the game. Yeah. Coding is basically a language that tells the computer what everything you're looking at should look like. And it also tells the computer how things should behave. So you push a button on a controller or tap the surface on your phone. That's giving the computer a command. And the code then tells it if the person playing does this hits the X button or pushes up on the controller, then the character or whatever's going on the screen, on, on the screen should do this. And it's all these if, then, and and scenarios. And that's what coding basically boils down to is a okay. series of decision, right, that the computer has to make and understands how to make so that the game functions properly and lets you do all the things you're supposed to be able to do. Which is why sometimes if you've ever been playing a game and it freezes up or it stops working or something doesn't behave right, there's a word for that. And Mackenzie, you were saying that word while we were taking a pause there. What's the word for it? Glitching. A glitch, right. It's when the game makes a mistake. Something in the code gets tripped up or it confuses the computer. Hey, and Taylor, who's a character who's a glitch? I know. We have a famous glitch now. <laughs> I always say, say it wrong. Vanilla Vanilla I always say Vanilla 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 Yes, from if you've seen the movie Wreck-It Ralph, you kind of know what a glitch looks like because the whole plot of Vanellope von Schweetz is that the game that she's in, it feels like she uh, is a mistake, a glitch in the game where she doesn't behave properly, but it turns out to be something else. We won't ruin the movie for you. But that movie actually kind of gets the details uh, right about the way that a game code that is not working right, it causes mistakes in the game. So coder's job is to make sure that all the designs of the game, the plot, the story, how it works, all of those things are functioning properly, which means there's actually another phase after the game's all been coded by the people who write code. There's one more phase that happens before somebody like you or me gets to play the game. Do you know what, what the last job is that somebody else gets to do? Someone has to act out and say the dialogue? That's true. I totally skipped that step, right? Video games now, if they have if they have voices or characters who move and behave like people, they're actually actors now who play those characters or do the voices. So there's that step too. But after the game is mostly done, there's actually another job that's pretty cool that somebody gets to do. Um, in some video games though, they use like um um like a very long black suit like covered in things that look like ping pong balls to like capture humans' movements. Yep, that's true. That's called motion capture. We might do an episode about that later because they use it for movies too. But right, they can actually record a person moving and then put an animated character like Super Lucky from your game right over right over top of those movements. But I'm thinking of a different job that's pretty cool, but you guys might not have even heard of it. But they're actually people whose job it is to test a video game. So before you or I can buy it or download it, somebody actually gets paid and their job is to play the game and make sure everything works right. 
Because otherwise you or I might buy a game and you get 15 hours into your favorite game and all of a sudden there's a level that won't work or it's impossible to do something. Tester's job is to make sure that doesn't happen. So somebody's job is to test those sorts of things so those mistakes never make it out to people like you and me, the people who buy the game and want to play it just for fun. So there's so many hard jobs that go into making one video game. So when we take them for granted, we're actually missing out on the hard work that people do. The writers and the artists and the coders and the people who tested the game. There's a lot of work and a lot of people doing really cool jobs that allows you to play your favorite fun game that you just sit down and turn the power on and pick up a controller or pick up your phone and, and go to work playing it. It's a, it's a complicated process, but it leads to a lot of the, the cool things that you and I all know. And there's certainly a ton of characters in pop culture that everybody knows and recognizes. The Mario Brothers and Pac-Man and Zelda, like all these characters that we recognize in games that are considered classics uh, because they were so well made by the artists and the coders and the designers that they've become a part uh, of pop culture, which is pretty neat and a pretty cool job to have if you do any of those things. All right, so there's a lot of fun things to go into video games, but like always, we're going to end this episode uh, with a question for you guys to think about next time. So you guys ready for your question? Yes. All right, so our question for this week. Question pod. I actually like that a lot. So our question for this week is this. We're going to kind of assume that Everybody out there has played at least some kind of game and maybe has a, a favorite game. So the question's two parts, like ours usually are. The first one is the simple part, and the second part gets you think a little bit. So the first question is this. Um, what is your favorite part of a video game or a favorite moment in a favorite game that you have? So think about a moment in a game that you really like. It could be a fun level or scene, or like Mackenzie said earlier, the cut scenes, the, the sequences in the middle that tell the story. Between levels, just a favorite moment you have in a game. So once you have that moment or that element or part of a game in your head, here's the hard question. How do you think that part of the game got made? So I'll go first. I have an example that I still love even all these years later. Uh, in the original Super Mario Brothers game that came out years and years and years ago, before any of you guys were probably born, um, it was a game where you mostly ran sideways from left to right across the screen through every level. But there were a couple levels where Mario got to swim. You would drop into the water and swim through this giant ocean with seaweed and octopuses and fish and everything else. Octopi. Um, and I just really like that. But here was the Octonauts. neat... Yeah, I think they were octopi. Um, but the neat part of the level was the programmers, the coders, they had to do something different for that level. Because when Mario was running, that felt just like moving really fast. But if you've ever gone swimming, which I imagine you have, it feels different when you're floating in water. So the coders had to figure out how to make it feel like Mario was floating. And even for a really old-fashioned game with 8-bit pixels, it was very simple. It didn't look super realistic, but it felt like you were floating in water. If you stopped swimming, you'd start to slowly drift downward. And if you started swimming again, you'd float up buoyant just like if you were wearing a life jacket. And I always loved the way it felt. As a little kid, it felt to me like being in water. And I thought that was a really impressive thing that the coders were able to design into a very simple game way, way back then. Taylor, what's yours? In my game, Kirby Star Allies, I love it when Kirby just sucks in his enemies and then he gets that power. This is the exact noise that he makes. <laughs> <laughs> the exact noise, eh? I feel well, like exact. It's close more cartoony. Enough. Yeah, more cartoony, but close. So how do you how do you think they made that? Um, I think they had to work. 
work really, really hard to try to capture the motion of someone like opening their mouth and taking a breath in. Why in a silly cartoony way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you What do you see when he opens his mouth? Well, this. no, you <laughs> j- I um actually kind of yes. You just see like a black thing because he looks like a bubble gum. Right. His right. Mouth a black wider than mouth. He is. And then don't you see like wind actually going into yes. him? Yeah. It's right. just little wind circles going. Yeah, and the so person it, cartwheels into his mouth. Right, oh, so yeah, the animators just, and artists found a funny yeah. way to visualize it, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a super cute element of that game. No, it's not cute. It's, it's Sorry, hilarious. Sorry, a powerful, hilarious part of that game. She does You're it right. in Super Smash Brothers too. She'll... That's right, it's her ability. Wait, Kirby's a she? Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. What? Sorry, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I've learned something new. All right, Mackenzie, what's yours? What's yours, Mackenzie? Oh, so... I'm circling back to my Spider-Man game I mentioned earlier. There are certain parts of the game where you can go around free-worlding and pick up whatever you want to do. And there are some levels where you can do a car chase, and you actually have to swing along behind police cars and whoever you're trying to catch. And you have to be cer- you have to be so fast, and you can't get caught, and it's a real challenge. Cool. So how do you think that got made? What are the challenges of making well, that part of the game? They probably had to do a lot of animation to get you to do it. Animation to get you to fly the right way. Right. You have to make sure that the sounds are right, and there's even an icon. It has to move the right way because right. it shows you where it is. Even if you're looking through a building, you can see the icon. Yeah, even the gravity of a person swinging through the air and then falling and then swinging again, right? They have to find ways to make that feel realistic while you're chasing this car around the city. And there's a word for what you were describing in the game that you can go wherever you want in the game. Those are called open world games where you can explore wherever you want to go. And that is also really hard to code because it means whichever way you choose to turn as you're swinging from one building to another chasing a car, the game has to know what's going to come next, right? What does that part of the city look like? They're really hard to build. A lot of artists drawing a lot of things and a lot of coders designing it. All right, well, we will see you guys next time. Remember, you've got to answer your question, which is... What's a favorite moment or part or element of a game that you love? And how do you think it got made? What went into that game? We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.